of Murder on the Orient Express. But before we if you guys want to check that out, uh, you can be, read my reviews uh, on middleofrow.com. Uh, but I liked both of them. I enjoyed Daddy's Home 2 uh, a little bit, and then the villainess was incredible. Uh, the best action movie. You gotta tell me more details and sell me. Yeah, I don't even know what it's about. Uh, this woman is basically from a very young age. Her, her father's killed in front of her, and she becomes like this human weapon, basically. She's just focused on finding the people who killed her dad, the man who killed her dad, and wants to kill him. So she trains, and then after she like slaughters a whole bunch of people in this, this dojo, I think it's a dojo or like some kind of mob outfit. It's got like a training room in one area, but... um. So she gets arrested and then recruited by, like, some some South Korean intelligence agency and is trained even further as an assassin. Uh, and she's just really, she's really good at killing people. Um, and then someone from her past returns and it creates turmoil for her and her job. Um, but the action is just ridiculous. It's, um... The best way I could think of it is it's like Kill Bill meets John Wick. Just uh, really fluid camera work. Uh, the choreography is, like, I would say on par with um, The Raid, which is one of my favorite action movies in the past ten years. Uh, and it's just, it's really, really, really badass. Just so much cool. Samurai swords on motorcycles. Are you at the IMDb page as well? Yes. <laughs> It's it's pretty great. That 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 like it's it's as badass and weird as that sounds. It's a really good movie. I highly recommend it. Um also speaking of samurai swords, I saw uh, Blade of the Immortal, which is a Japanese film based on it's a live action film based on uh uh manga series and it's this samurai who basically uh dishonors himself and through a series of events he can't die. Um, and he's hired by this young woman to kill these somewhat superhuman uh, villains who are kind of taking over Japan. Um, or at least want to be the best school in Japan and then serve uh, as like the leaders of the military. It's one of the most violent movies I've seen in a while. Like, there's a literal river of blood at one point. Like, no water included, just a bunch of corpses. Um, but it's a really, really cool movie. A lot a lot of fun. Uh, and then I finished Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, hopefully there's a second season, because the first season is fantastic. It matches the tone of the movies really, really well. Um, and it's just really funny, really heartfelt. Uh... I actually teared up a couple of times throughout it, uh, and I just, I absolutely loved it. I also watched uh, Pitch Perfect 1 and 2, because I hadn't seen those before, and Lauren was right. The first one is amazing, the second one's really good, but not as good. 
Um, so I'm excited to see Pitch Perfect 3 now. Yeah. And I think that's everything. Yeah, but, yeah, you, but you never like, comment. telling me over and over to see it. Yeah, it's like, Lauren told me multiple I'm pretty sure okay. I had told Ben in the past that those are good movies and you should watch them. I, I mean, I wouldn't argue against it. I mean, like you've you've told me a few that I thought would just be like no way, and that I loved. Like, just people still look at me when I mention how much I love the Magic Mike movies. It's like, no, seriously, they're that great. Well, that's uh, debatable. Oh, yeah, it no, is. those are amazing movies. Amazing. I mean, if you don't okay. give me someone to cheer for in the first movie or a detestable person, then I'm not going to like it. He, he wasn't detestable. <laughs> he was not likable. Okay, he, he was just the I, guy I liked him. trying to make, not... some, make his and way. And you know what we know about times. guys these days. Not Channing. Well, Channing, yeah, Channing's fine, but it wasn't his story. It was actually literally his story. Yeah, it was. What do, you, what do you mean not his story? It was story? the other guy. Oh, that guy. Yeah, I don't like that guy. Don't worry. The guy who <laughs> didn't show up for the sequel. It was more his movie than it was that guy's movie. I that guy like was, was just like movie. the entry level. He was just the well, intro yeah, he's to the, the movie. He's the one that I'm entering the world with. Therefore, he's the one I'm supposed to connect to the most. And I did not like him. I don't know. To... I didn't like the movie. Okay, get off my back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're supposed to connect with. With Chan Chan. Well, I always connect with Chan Chan. Please don't ever Matthew call him McConaughey that ever is again. No, ugh. I'll always connect with Channing Tatum, but it doesn't mean I have to enjoy his movies. <laughs> Jupiter <laughs> or Jupiter Ascending. Well, I mean, I always, I always thought he was great in uh, This Is the End for the few minutes he had. Spoiler. Um, oh, everyone shows up in that movie. Therefore, mentioning any name is not a spoiler. <laughs> Uh, John? Um, did I talk about her last week? Yep. Nope. Yeah, you did. Nope. You, you briefly mentioned it, but you didn't go no. into detail. I'd like to hear more. He uh. said he texted, he texted us he saw her. We did not talk about it. It didn't build enough of a backstory or it didn't make like really suck me into the world by telling me more about the world or showing me more about the world or telling me more about the different characters like Hela or showing me more about her backstory. Her didn't do any of that either, really, but still managed to (laughs) suck me into this world and like really excuse me, convey a mood or an atmosphere about this place, this futuristic uh, Shanghai or Los... I guess it was Los Angeles, but I think they did some of the shooting uh, in Shanghai. It just... It it built so much of a setting and environment of this futuristic uh, city, futuristic Los Angeles that it was, it was just so interesting to watch, um, as well as the main story. 
the main yeah the main story i knew from the get-go i think i was going to be pretty interested in but yeah it would i think everything about the way that it was shot and the tone of it and the pace of it just really flowed with the type of film that i'm into um the ending was kind of rough and kind of i don't know hard and emotional but at the end i still felt like there was some good resolution and some good overall message that was conveyed about the need for human connection and how we deal with that and how do we cope with loss and how do we cope with loss in the sense of looking at ourselves and looking at ourselves in terms of well how did i contribute to that and how can i improve from that and i think i'm not sure if this is weird or not but maybe one of the things that i found myself connecting to or relating to or paralleling to when I was watching the movie was Scott Pilgrim. Because throughout Scott Pilgrim, he's kind of always reminiscing about this lost romance and this lost relationship. But slowly but surely, he starts to see not just the ways in which maybe that person wasn't right for him, but the ways in which he contributed to the demise of that relationship. So he started going from an unreliable character to a more reliable, quote-unquote, objective character. ...as in himself, and do something about it. And I felt like there was a lot of that in this film, too, which I really appreciated. Um, I won't give away a lot of the plot points, but I will say... Okay, I'm just taking off my headset, then. There was an erotic scene, which was the most interesting and actually emotional erotic scene that I've witnessed in a film. Scene or the no the late one at night scene the the late at night scene. Okay. the The Blade Runner esque one was was emotional in a different way, like emotional in a. They lay on the cheese and they lay on the sensuality um, for the sake of visuals or whatever. This one I was actually like, oh my gosh, this is kind of romantic and intense. And that was, I appreciated that. And I think, I again, I don't want to say too much about it without spoiling the effectiveness of it. But if you do go and watch her, which I highly recommend you do, uh, I hope you feel that same way too. Because it's a very, it's a very unique one is what I'll say. Okay, I would. Should I? Should I, don't I know. invite Lauren to join us now that we're heading out of the spoiler territory? Sure. For... Yeah, for okay. sure. Zach, I don't know if I. That's wow. That like I really enjoyed this film, and also Joaquin Phoenix is an amazing actor, and I I enjoy every performance I see him in, and I I need to constantly watch more of that. Have you oh, seen? Oh, I've the... I loved him since Gladiator. I need like, to see the Master. Just... <laughs> That was okay. That was another thing that was blowing my mind throughout the entire thing. The first thing I've seen him in, and arguably, I guess maybe his rise to fame was Gladiator. This super confident, super arrogant, malevolent dictator. And to see him as that, and then to see him as this awkward, kind of 
silly persona. Kind of like the other other end of that spectrum, like shy, quiet. Exactly. And it was like someone who has that much versa. And he's he's kind of an awkward guy in real life. I love his letter. (laughs) I I love his... Well, for anyone who's ever seen uh, his Letterman interviews, the first one when he was filming... uh, What was it? This... Uh, What was that? I'm not here. Yeah, I'm not here. Oh. Uh, which was the mockumentary which is excellent by the way it was okay um that he filmed about celebrity and so he went he went i think also i'm not here or i'm not there is not that movie it's the bob he no it's i'm not here there's i'm not there's the bob Dylan Dylan movie but uh here i think here's the right one no it's not coming up with him joaquin yeah, so Lauren will look it up. Um, and if you haven't seen it, too bad. It's been like a decade. Um, so he, I'm still here. I'm still here. There ah. you go. Uh, thank you. Um, so he fakes he fakes a retirement from the film industry to pursue a film a uh, career in rapping, and he goes on Letterman in a very Andy Kaufman esque appearance, uh, which Letterman was completely prepared for but also unprepared for like Letterman wasn't in on the joke, but watching his watching his appearance afterwards, when the documentary actually comes out, he still maintains a little bit of that awkwardness, but charm. Like he's obviously more relatable during the interview, but again, just the, just the breadth of versatility and range that this man has just blows me away. So yeah. I just want to point out, that in addition to I'm Still Here, he's also in a movie called You Were Never Really Here. So, fun times. <laughs> Wait, what was the what was the one you liked a couple of years ago, Zach? It was like him, Josh Brolin, um... Inherent Vice. Yeah, I that still was haven't a, seen that, but I probably should. Was that Paul <laughs> Thomas, Thomas Anderson? Anderson? Man, what Paul Tam- Thomas Anderson films has he not been in? All of them, but the, the, that and The Master. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so yeah, I also saw The Purge Election Day, which, um, The Purge is, I'm always intrigued by that, uh, by that film series, and I think I like philosophically what that movie does, and the questions that it explores. It's Um, very on the nose. It's very on the nose, for sure, but I still appreciate that it goes there. Um, like, torture, porny, like, gore. Or, I mean, I'll say the, I haven't seen the second one. The first Purge seemed more like a traditional horror film, in the sense of like The Strangers or any other home invasion kind of. Except bad. Uh, except. I thought uh, I thought it was alright. I thought it was alright too. Actually, I thought Ethan Hawke and Lena Headey was. I like really Ethan Hawke. He was good in it. But uh, it's, it's definitely I, a movie that wouldn't have been good without him and Haiti or Hetty. Sorry. Um, the second one I haven't seen. This one felt more kind of like an action thriller than it did a horror film. Like a, like a very sensationalized action thriller. And there were parts that were kind of torture... Not... I won't say torture porny, but just like very B... B-rated, like slasher filmy. Um, but other yeah, they, than... It never, it never gets too far, I don't think. Um. I will... I, like, I... The entire thing with the, uh, 
one of the early antagonists is this schoolgirl, and her character just, <laughs> apart from her being like a teenager and a dick, everything else about her character seems entirely implausible and is just way over the top and kind of. I don't know. I, I think it's necessary because it is supposed to be an over-the-top film, but yeah, I didn't really enjoy, except for the part where never mind, I won't spoil it. It's just, it's hard for me to really sit through them like I have. I, I honestly don't remember anything about the second one. <coughs> I was, gonna say, I was just going to say the same thing I saw, I just, it, but I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have literally no idea what happens in it. I don't remember who is in it. Um, But it's, it's just, to me, it's such a weird idea. It's like, and I know we're supposed to suspend disbelief, but it's one of those, like, if purges did happen, because it's supposed to be, like, this economic saver as well, it's like the amount of repairs you'd have to do and the <laughs> money you'd spend on those damages from one day would not be done by the time the next, like, you wouldn't be able to finish everything by the next purge. So it would just be this constantly, like, destroyed uh united states it's uh yeah but that's what keeps the economy going man ben's okay with the idea that we can do anything you want for one day but god damn it that cleanup i just can't buy it (laughs) exactly it's (laughs) just my ocd is like hey man that shit's gonna take forever to get it clean okay yeah all the destroyed buildings the blood that stuff doesn't come out especially if it's in the nice carpets but i've just heard people be very I've, i've heard People be appreciate the all three of them, including the second and third one, for being even more socially conscious movies. No, I but, thought the third uh, one was oh, pretty good. Yeah, I prefer 100%. not to be bludgeoned by messages. So it's it's very on the nose, though, and that's what I'll say. Like I say, just watch the Rick and Morty episode instead. <laughs> this movie, this movie actually does have a huge underlying theme of. Uh, uh, what's the word? Economic equality and social equality and race equality and gender equality. Um, but so I appreciate that a horror film decides to go there. Um, but yeah, it is on the nose. It can be kind of over the top at times, but yeah, I don't know. Island next year. <laughs> the, oh the prequel. Please be killer sharks. Please be killer sharks. <laughs> The, the for for me though it's just like I think like that series in general it's like you know B minus C plus it's like it's fine could be a lot better yeah could I all, could also I, be a lot worse I wasn't expecting much but I still wasn't uh, disappointed or anything like that so oh, I think the first purge was probably like my least favorite movie that year maybe I should rewatch it just because I I remember like being pretty cool about it but well like I like I've said before we can disagree on movies. <laughs> No, no, I'm not. Like, I'm just saying, like, maybe my my opinion has changed, too. I don't know. It's I only saw it probably, like, it was like, I probably rented it on Amazon, like, within the first couple months after it was released. And that's the last thing I remember. Yeah, I saw the screening, so. Uh, oh, um. Are you just bragging? <laughs> no, we were just talking about when we first saw the movie. Jeez. Okay, so also, um, one other thing, I... And there are plenty of people who can go to screenings who aren't in the press. That said, I, I, I get to sit in the press section, so booyah! I don't, I don't like those people. <laughs> oh, it's always the same people for me. I know. And they're like, so I... they're like trying to knock people over to get to see it. It's bad news. Yeah. 
They need to so, find a better way to distribute those passes to people. Continue. Okay, so um, I also before I forget, I saw a fantastic horror film recommended by that recommended by a coworker. Shout out to Adam. Um, called A Dark Song. Uh, it's an I think it's an Irish horror film. Um, but it's basically Were they like speaking this, this, with Irish accents. They keep saying, of, "Oh, they love me like the charm." One of, that's wow. That's incredibly Jesus. accurate. Oh, I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> but it's so it's it's this um this woman who has like endured some sort of loss. I don't want to go into detail what it was. Uh, and she basically hires she like buys this house because it has this right setup for a ritual. Um, and she hires this guy like this like the best in the business of this guy who does these rituals um and it's basically to like put you in contact with an angel like your guardian angel um but it's like any any missteps can lead to huge consequences and the 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 ritual requires them to be you know by themselves in that house for months so it's like a really um kind of stressful uncomfortable watch um, it kind of reminded me in a way about like the the witch, where it's just like you're not you're not like freaking out the whole time, but you're just Lauren's really. Un- I know yeah. <laughs> it's Laura. It's gonna be Lauren's favorite. But can we talk like, about really- movies that I like? Because I'm starting to feel like a really just awful person. <laughs> well, no, I- <laughs> opinions are opinions, but anyway, so it's like this really un- you're uncomfortable the whole movie, not like in a bad way, but you're just like, Neh. um, and it's I really 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 i just like to think of an idea where you're in or think of a situation where you're in an uncomfortable situation you're just like it's like oh this is good (laughs) it says that it was uh, (laughs) an irish uk film it was filmed in ireland okay uh and i'm pretty sure one of the guys is irish he he i'd be surprised the the get the main guy if he's not irish i would be pretty surprised um but it's just, it's a fantastic movie. Uh, I know it might not be your cup of tea, Lauren, but Zach John, maybe? Just, I don't what, know. I'm okay with slow build movies just because I didn't like The Witch. Well, I think, why, what, I actually wanted to ask you, what didn't you like about The Witch? Like, Everything. Not, I, like, <laughs> like, I think one of my biggest complaints is like, I don't, if it's an English movie, I don't want to have to put on subtitles to understand what it's, like, what's happening. Like, don't, it's, like, one of the things at the okay. end, it's, like, a lot of this dialogue was taken from transcripts of actual events or something. It's, like, you know what? I don't want to read those transcripts. Don't make a movie of <laughs> okay. them. Okay. Um, this does not have any of that, at least. But, uh, so maybe maybe you would like it then. I yeah, And then there's that scene great, with the crow. There's nothing of that quality in this, I think. Like, of that, that kind of, nothing like that, I don't think. Can we just have, like, a, a sound cue keyboard of all of these noises Ben's making right now? <laughs> For the site uh, last week, because I saw three press-related things, I was obligated <laughs> to write about them. Way to brag about it. Yeah, only one was a screening, though. Um... I saw God's Own Country, 
which was fine. It's a gay romance set in New Yorkshire, England. Um, I sought it out because I had heard some good things about it. It was getting some early um, indie foreign uh, like award nomination things. Uh, and it was it was good. I enjoyed it. It was just a very a little too stereotypical. It does have a couple of real good performances in it, though. Um, I also watched The Square, which is this year's Palme d'Or winner from Cannes. And, um, Did you get a screening good. of that? Um, I, 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 I was watching a, I watched it on my computer, unfortunately. It was a very okay. pretty movie. I wish I could have seen it on the big screen. I guess I still could. It's playing in theaters right now. Um, but um, that was a real interesting movie. It, the, the guy, I had seen his previous movie I've, um, called Force Majeure about this uh, it's on Netflix I would highly recommend watching it um, it's about this family who's on a ski trip and then this avalanche comes towards them and they're at like this restaurant and it's at the resort and this avalanche happens and the dad like grabs his keys his wallet and his phone and like takes off running leaving his family behind while the wife covers up the kids and then you learn it was like a controlled avalanche there was no threat to them whatsoever but the fact that he ran like that's like the moral quandary that the rest of the movie unfolds under and it's really darkly humorous and stuff um yeah very good uh, I, it's a movie I kept thinking about after I saw it. And this is the same way, but this is more, again, it's the same, uh, deliberate tone, dark humor. Um, but it, um, the square is more interested in art and what defines it. And the main character is a art curator for this fancy pants, um, uh, uh, Swedish museum. And uh, so it, it's just kind of this exercise on what art is. And uh, but then there's also some weird through lines with this guy trying to figure out um, who stole his phone uh, is kind of the plot through line of the movie. But then all these other things are happening outside it and it gets pretty weird and stuff. But um, I don't really want to spoil the kind of surprises that are in store. Uh, but the there is this um, one scene in particular that is quite excellent, one of the better scenes I'll see in a movie all year. And it's on the poster, actually. It's this, um, Lauren made a good joke off the pod. There's this guy called Terry Noter, No Terry, um, uh, who's, <laughs> who's actually a big uh, motion capture guy. He's been in all the Apes movies. He played Rocket in the Apes movies along with a bunch of other characters. He's playing Groot. Ah, oh, see? Terry, no Terry. It's because he's there, but he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, oh, that means I can recognize him, right? He's playing... Uh, Why are we laughing? Because playing... his name is Terry, no Terry. Because <laughs> he's a motion capture artist. So he's working on the sets, but you don't get to see him in the movie. Um, he's playing Groot in Infinity War. Um, and... Not Vin Diesel? <clears throat> well... Vin Diesel doesn't go on set for those movies. Um, I thought he did for the first one. He didn't one. do that yeah, whole like dance stilts. sequence from the sequel? 
Well, no, but I'm talking about, like, the first one, wasn't he in the stilts or whatever? Wasn't that him? No, I don't think he did anything like that. Like, they had, they had pictures oh of him, God, like, I on I want these... to see him in stilts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google it. Yep, Vin Diesel in stilts. <laughs> um, but he does, he's, it's like this big gala dinner thing, and he comes in as an ape. He's got, like, these, so I don't know if you've ever seen behind-the-scenes footage of the ape stuff, but they wear these, like... Um, arm extenders so they can do the walk like run like an ape uh, and they have these like braces it's it's actually pretty cool uh, and they're they're weighted aren't they i'm not sure if they're weighted or not but he comes in and he's so he's basically playing an ape and he like takes over this room as an ape uh person and it's just a really interesting look at how powerful art can be in the hands of a right person even if it's something as as silly sounding as a guy in an acting like an ape. Um, it's an incredible sequence and it's probably worth seeing the movie. And it is excellent. Um, it is one of my favorite movies of the year. It takes place in 2003. Uh, it's the senior year of this girl um she goes by ladybird um and it's takes place in sacramento which i spent a lot of time in for five years um while we amy and i lived just um 10 miles west of sacramento so um we were there a lot so it's it, but beyond that it was it was cool to see the city put that way but the, the movie's great because greta gerwig has an amazing uh, hand at writing and directing she just her characters are so real and truthful and just everything feels authentic no it doesn't feel like stereotypes but she's still able to kind of weasel in some quirky humor into there that she can be very good at um, there's a great mother-daughter relationship again that feels just so real and lived in and the movie's funny and heartfelt. It's just, it's great. It's one of my favorite movies I've seen this year. Didn't it break records? It's making, well, it's make it's per screen average is mm. crazy. Um, it's only opened in a few cities so far. But it's expanding through the rest of the month. I think, well, I think A24 might release it wide next week on Thanksgiving. But we'll see. Um, but you should be able to see it if you live in any major metropolitan area by Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, I'm excited because I like search. Six, I imagine you'll find a lot to connect to watching this movie. And I think everybody here qualifies for that. I'm 12. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have to go delete all those curse words. <laughs> Twenty-eight emotionally, eleven or twelve. So. Physically, I think I'm like sixty-four.
uh, which is the newest film from Kenneth Branagh of Shakespearean stage and screen. Uh, he's been directing more uh, big budget studio fare since he dipped into Thor um, all those years ago. He did the last. He did the Cinderella movie, I believe, and now he's been doing this. Gross! Another movie I hate. <laughs> um. But this is a adaptation of the Agatha Christie novel. It was also another movie in the 60s, I believe. Um, there I think it's also... 70, like 70 something. Okay. Um, there was also a TV special, I think. With 19, so, 1974 film. 2001, 2001 TV. TV film. I can read Two... uh, Wikipedia too. Um, and uh, Good for you. Yeah, but it's a big lavish um beautiful looking film um i think he shoots it pretty damn well a lot of fun long takes that cover most of the train um it's got a big uh star-studded cast of people um and i think that goes well for it um i found the movie enjoyable um it is a uh does anybody want to repronounce the not Hercules Perot? Perot? Oh, uh, Hercule. Detective Mustache. Detective Mustache. <laughs> mustache with you, a that's mustache. That's the proper it's French like pronunciation. Hercule. You must <laughs> ask you all questions. Hercule Perot. Um, it's uh, who is a is a famous literary literary literally literary. <laughs> literary <laughs> character <laughs> and uh they've made some bbc shows with him as well um he's a fa- very famous detective um i don't know who came first him or sherlock holmes holmes probably holmes right holmes is from the 1800s um but they're de- they're just the greatest detective in the whole world um he even calls himself that at one point and uh, the, the murder happens 30-ish minutes into the movie, and you get to watch him try to figure it out. And if you can enjoy that kind of detective story, I think you'll enjoy this here. Like I said, it's going to be one of the prettier movies you see this year. Uh, everybody in the cast is quite good. I don't think there's a bad performance in the bunch. And um, I was telling these guys a little bit beforehand, I think... The, the mystery gets a little bit off the rails until he magically figures it all out in the end. No spoilers, but um, that's that's what you're getting here, and I think it delivers what it wants to do pretty well. Um, I, I enjoyed watching it, but it, um, I, I, I kind of enjoy these detective tales. So, uh, as we know, I enjoyed The Snowman, so let's... let's... Was it the snow? Um, probably. I am Canadian. <laughs> um, but, and I think when I was watching this movie, I tried to delve further into that feeling of familiarity or that that thing that I really longed for out of whodunits. Um, I watched a lot of Law & Order growing up, but it wasn't that. And then I think 
<laughs> um, I think it had to do with some of the BBC uh, series, limited series, or masterpiece theater mysteries that I would watch with my parents on PBS. There was just an overall aura to those to those limited series runs or those oh man excuse me those films or those shows or whatever that i just really responded to and when the twist finally dropped at the end it was just very powerful and i think the closest thing that i've seen to that since in more recent past has been the bbc sherlock uh limited series and i think what this film was trying to capture on was sort of that whimsy and some of that tone with this super smart, uh, super moral, quote-unquote moral character, or hero, and a protagonist, and with some of the whimsy of the way that they unfolded the actual uh, revelation of who did it with the investigation and the interviewing the suspects and everything. And there were some shots that were really cool. But overall, I think when the final hammer fell on the bell, I just made up that phrase, um, I, I was kind of underwhelmed. And it kind of ended, and I was like, that wasn't as powerful as I'd liked. I liked a lot of the film until the ending, and then I just felt tired. Wait, I thought you so. said you thought the ending was Yeah. <laughs> No, no, sorry. I must have misspoken then. No, sorry. I I thought it was tired. I thought it was uh impotent. I I was I was underwhelmed. This guy's having a hell of a year. He wrote the writer of this movie, the who adapted it, wrote Logan, Alien Covenant, Blade Runner 2049 and Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> so two Jesus. great movies. Holy cow. <laughs> Wait, which was which was the other one? Alien Covenant is the one Lauren's throwing shade in. Okay, gotcha. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There were a lot of things in it that were cool that I liked. The cast. That was the funny thing, too. This is a star-studded cast. And yet, at the end, I still was like, meh. Okay. Lauren, Ben? Uh, I will say that it was a fine movie for what it was. I thought Kenneth Branagh was great as Detective Mustache, but I saw the ending coming a mile away. I wasn't surprised by it at all, and so, like, I don't know. Like, it was fine. I don't think I'll ever watch it again, but it was fine. Ben? I was, like, super bored. Just (laughs) super bored that whole movie uh there's um one scene with uh johnny depp and brenna that's fantastic the rest of the movie i was just kind of like how how much longer does this have i i think for a cast that size like and of that quality and apparently the best writer of 2017 <laughs> Uh, I was incredibly disappointed by this movie. Yeah, I don't know if I could say I liked that scene, because I was just so focused on how long Johnny Depp chewed that bite of cake for. It's like, I'm not, I'm not, um, and it's like, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's definitely one, it's like, I would rather spend my time doing something else. 
I don't know, just I think he was just upset that Eve was in this movie. You know, Eve from uh, Mother. That's (laughs) has nothing to do with it. I actually thought she was really good. Out of the cast, I thought she was one of the best. But I just I didn't enjoy the movie. I, I I really can't put my finger on anything other than that just I wasn't entertained and that's like the cardinal like sin. Perot? Did you not find him interesting or engaging? No, I actually I found him kind of obnoxious yeah. a little bit. Um well, that explains a lot. If you can't if you well, can't attach yeah, to him, then, you're not gonna enjoy part, the movie. Like um enjoying Ken Barno's portrayal and then what uh Ben is saying right now, just being like this guy's way too much. Yeah, there were there were a couple scenes where I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But most of them was just like, God, this guy is, you know, he's so good at what he's doing that it's like over, it's too over the top for me. If he if that's the way he was in the book, I probably wouldn't have liked the book. Um, I wish I just, he, I almost wish he would have turned into the silliness a bit more. To be honest with you, I I, I wish he would have gone bigger even. That uh, I agree. I think. Um, I think that would have made it a much more enjoyable movie. Uh, I think the first sequence of it, or not the first one, but the second one, uh, I'll go into it with spoilers, but I really did not find that interesting. It was just like this logic gap that I couldn't get over. Um, but just overall, I was super bored that whole movie. I just didn't, I did not enjoy it at all, really. Okay, that's a enjoyed it from me. A, it was fine from uh, Lauren. A pretty big shrug from John, and a bored out of his mind from Ben. <laughs> uh, wow, we were all over the place on this. So, um, well, isn't that like the popular consensus too? Like, like review wise, critic wise, hasn't it been getting a lot of just like all over? I don't know. I'm not concerned about their thoughts. Um, I mean, we'll ours be- are the only ones that matter. So, fuck yep. them. 100%. Specifically um, mine. Yeah, even more so. <laughs> um, so we're going to jump into spoilers now. If you're... Horse poop? Oh, yes. That, and it's just like, what What should I do? Should I A, step in horse shit with the other shoe, or B, just wipe my goddamn shoe off? He knew, uh, he, he, knew he wasn't going to be able to wipe it off, so he, he had to he had to balance it out another way. Just rub it on the ground. He was like walking on sand. But it's still it in never there, like sandy It's ground. in the crevices. It's like, yeah, he, he, he had to balance that it was, out. I would have taken my shoes off then. Fuck it. Like, that's, that's so. <laughs> Apparently it was shot in 65 millimeter. If you're one of those people that cares about that sort of thing, um, but on the overhead shot when Johnny Depp was killed, did anybody else notice like the weird, some weird blurring effect going on with Johnny Depp's face? Did anybody get drawn into that, or is that just my screening? No, it looked I, like I didn't. it looked no, like they CGI'd his face. Like it looked good, 
but it was like some weird effect like it was a shot held for so long it was like making some weird like horror movie vibrations were going on just at his head yeah i did not have that that. um although i will say that shot like the overhead shot that's probably my favorite shot in the movie like i thought that was actually pretty interesting that but it wasn't enough to detract from everything else (laughs) uh to you guys is like i was kind of glad the ending was what it was like everybody was just working together to get some revenge because i was like there's no way this makes any goddamn sense (laughs) they're like there's there's not a clean answer to the movie and i don't know if that's good for the movie like you should always feel like um and luckily that feeling didn't come until basically he was like this doesn't It was way too coincidental for it not to be them all working together. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um, but I did appreciate, unlike John, I did appreciate once it became, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting, you know, and they're all teaming up and working together. And I thought it would have been cool if the his buddy who lies all the time, the guy, the manager, was in on it too. That would have made a little more sense to me, I feel like. Um, so that he would, but I guess you needed him to Yeah, it's like either he was the first one that was like, it's probably him just because it was the one person he ruled out. But then as soon as everyone started getting connected to that old crime, it's like, oh, God, it's everyone except for the dogs. It's like, can you I just have this hilarious image in my mind of like when they did that stupid scene of them all stabbing Johnny Depp. You just see like a puppet dog hand like stabbing him. Um. Yeah, that, yeah, that was that was really weird that they just had like like stab wounds he had. It's like no, you can tell so much by the stab. I've seen detective shows. It's like clearly it's done by multiple people. I don't watch detective shows. I was going to chime in when John was mentioning Long Well, they Order. made that big deal about Daisy Ridley being left-handed, and then it's like, yeah, but it's like one of those people was left-handed. One of those stab wounds was left-handed, so that fact wouldn't help him at all. Why did um, Leslie Odom Jr., her uh, man, who also played Aaron Burt, his, I think this is his big first movie break post-Hamilton. Was he the uh, angry dancer? No, Leslie Odom Jr. <laughs> he was the black guy. The black guy, yeah. Um, why was he trying to shoot him at the end of the movie? That got uh, really confusing. Yeah, and then he was he like, couldn't, he couldn't let he's anyone like, live. He missed me because did. he's a sharpshooter, and sharpshooters aren't trained to shoot people qu- or close range. But then he also said he shot me because he didn't want to shoot, kill me, or something. It got yeah, really and then, confusing. yeah. Did somebody else shoot him at the exact same time? I was really confused there. But. I think what he was trying to do in, in retrospect was, I think he was trying to keep him alive for the sake of taking this. Like they all seem to like try to either take the blame for or 
disguise the fact that the real mastermind behind this was Michelle Pfeiffer's character, uh, Catwoman. <laughs> what something Arden or whatever, like Lisa Arden or the fame. Who's is that a is that actually a real actress? I feel like I no, recognize I don't that think name so. Before. But in, okay. in she was I I missed that too. She was the younger sister of the the. She was the sister of the the wife who died in childbirth. I right? thought she was supposed to be no, the mom. No, I think I thought I thought she was the grandmother. Yeah. Okay. She, Which she is like when I was okay. looking at her, I was like, she doesn't look that old. Like, what what is the timeline on this? Not good. No, this <laughs> just is just throwing that out there. Um, but I think the idea was because he wanted to protect. Ultimately, maybe maybe it wasn't Michelle Pfeiffer's character, but maybe it was actually uh, what's Ray's name again? Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. Maybe he was because he was trying to protect Daisy Ridley's involvement in the conspiracy. He wanted to look like he was the sole perpetrator of the crime, while so that so that's why he left. I guess I was uh, more confused by alive because he still needed someone to bring him. Oh, I mean everything in this movie. In that was whole super thing, like, convoluted. why are you not dead or something? What was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't understand that either. I thought he was supposed to be a poison, but Perot figured something out, and that was going to be a big reveal. But no, I think he again. I think he was just trying to put on as if he was the real villain, even though he wasn't, because he wanted to spare uh, Daisy Ridley's character. I could, and if anything, I, I think that was. That was the strongest theme throughout the movie was this sense of love between, or the, at least the one I found the most compelling and I guess topical. Um, and I'm not sure if it was uh, an ad, like a true adaptation from the text or kind of one that was um, played around with for the sake of being relevant now, but the idea that, oh no, like, this love um between races is so powerful and so true and so genuine and he's willing to do anything for her and her for him like that was the thing that i found what? the most compelling that's just love in general that doesn't have to do with races no for sure but the but the idea that because it was set in a time where that was seen as very taboo i just found it more compelling see i found that weird just because it was like just in the sense of how it plays into Daisy Ridley's character. Cause it's like, she was being very secretive and hiding things. And I like, it was hard for me to understand the motivations of everyone. And I wonder what all was planned out ahead of time. And then what all had to change because this detective was on the train. Cause like, you'd think these people would have better stories and like lies thought up since they're all involved well, in this thing. I, they or, planned it out so ahead I don't of think time. maybe they just had someone buy the last seat. Yeah. So yeah. that was like, who was the guy that didn't show up, Mister Harris. So I was hoping that what would actually happen was that there would be some big reveal or whatever, and this Mister Harris character Hercule would like run into towards the end, kind of in the final act, and it would be revealed that like, oh no, he's actually the ultimate like master villain. He's or the whatever. guy that like, jumped off the train in the middle of the movie. No, that was. No, I'm joking. Okay, gotcha. That would be the way he was. Um, that was the, that was the that snowman was. from Frozen. It was the literal snowman from the snowman. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, Mr. Police. I gave you all the Mr. Clues. Mr. Hello, Mr. Detective Pearl. Mustache. <laughs> <laughs> 
just draws little pictures of snowmen. It's yeah, like, I, he has those stab, notes with all the letters next to him. They snowman picture through Johnny's I, de- through Johnny would, Depp's chest. He just draws I snowman on those like magazine cutout letters that he made those like, threats <laughs> with. I would love a snowman. What was that? Was the letter? How did they burned? make those? They don't have scanners back then. Make what? How do they? Make oh, I think you just cut them out from newspapers. And then yeah, but it looked like it was then like copied. No, it did for sure. No, uh, I would. No, no. I would have it loved a like snowman meme. And also, why would you? Why would you like tell him you're coming to kill him? Wouldn't it be better to just mess yeah. with his mind, man? Or Not why would him? you steal money from him when you know you're going to be looked at in a crime? I I should have realized from that because from the very beginning the conversation between uh johnny depp and michelle pfeiffer that was the biggest giveaway and i should have realized at that point that um she was the main villain and that was one thing that was kind of kicking myself in the back in terms of recognizing who the who the murderer was that i was just like oh they were broadcasting it from the beginning like any good whodunit does and so um it's just speaking of that scene. How is it that Johnny Depp's character didn't recognize anyone? Like I understand that there's not the internet, so you're not gonna see a bunch of pictures of all of these people involved. But at least Penelope Cruz's character, he should have recognized because he punched her in the face or hit her with something. <laughs> it was dark in there. But still, she had light on her face enough for us to tell what she looked like. And didn't he? Didn't he like, like make you a don't, ransom? You don't know so what I the assume grandma looks I like. I assume he would. He would know the people. Like he was. Yeah. Extorting. It's like maybe like no one of the cops that was working the case. She was wearing a wig. Yeah, and that changes her whole face. Yeah, like when she took the wig off, I'm like, I was like, oh my god, who so, is that? Michelle so? Pfeiffer's gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my god, she's not an actual. And then blonde. she put it back on. Why did she put it back on? Yeah, that really bugged me. It's like, are you? Well, everybody about else someone... knows her as the blonde lady. Everyone else, there's only the people she knows on the train. They gotta get yeah, off the you train mean eventually. The ten people she murdered somebody with, the detective who knows she's not, and then the guy helping the detective who also knows that she's not. It's Clarifying like, question, just for me: Why did he get on the train again? Someone told him that he had like some. He had a job. Yeah, but, but then he didn't continue on to that job. No, the job oh was God. that yeah. was chasing him. Huh? It he got he got called on because of the Armstrong case or whatever. But I thought then at the end he said something about the Armstrong case and he said no, this is something else. The guy who pulled him off the train. Cuz then he's going to the Nile. Yeah, he got hired for yeah, a, different a different case, case. as he got off the train. Yeah, so but, I don't know but how the train did not anymore. On. I guess I guess he told him the guy got away. I don't remember. That's weird. He told him some guy got on the train, murdered him, and got off in the night. But the the case he was supposed to solve was the murder of a guy he didn't know was going to be murdered? I don't... No, he yeah. was the, no, I think he got a tip that Johnny Depp was on that train. That and definitely that, didn't play did off not, in the movie. I did not get that at all. Like and it, then, and then, oh, I don't think they explicitly said it, but I imagine that's what it was. No, I always felt like he was just had to get on the train to get to a location where the crime was that he had to solve. So, receiving a telegram from London about an impending case, Pierrot must return home. So he's not 
Like he was going home to. But I'm pretty one. sure he said something about the Armstrong case when that guy brought it to him, no? Well, yeah, because he was I... like, is this about that case? And he said, no, it's something else. Okay. Point well, is, a lot of this movie doesn't make sense. I'm yeah. sure it makes sense in The more I think about this, form. the more I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but it and was it... pretty. I mean, look at that Hagia Sophia in the background. Ooh, it's well... it, I mean, it, it did look good. <laughs> I yeah, no, it that. did, and I did like some of the overhead shots when they were like examining the crime scene. I thought that was cool, and I thought that was very Sherlock esque kind of. But I feel like I don't know I don't that know overhead scene. People. I couldn't see half the things they were talking about. Yeah, I yeah I there were little things that made it close to Sherlock esque, but not quite. And I would have appreciated if they would have like had. Like little things, like little pop-outs or like text on the screen that was like, three, like I don't know. And then Do there could have been a fight sequence where he talks about all the bones he's going to break and then sees it happen. Yeah. I'm talking, talking we're talking about Sherlock. different shows. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking, talking about, about the one that sorry. I know. <laughs> Wait, have you not seen Sherlock? <laughs> no, and you haven't seen plenty of things either, so back I off. Haven't, I haven't seen oh. the BBC Sherlock either. Oh it's my really God, good. what am I hearing right I know, now? but it's like, I'll get to Though it. I, I must say, it. I have not seen the last two episodes. So. so there you go. That's like five seasons right there, or two episodes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, what is happening? Um, I can't this see. is what it feels like when you, yeah, like, this is what it feels like you, to talk to you, the John. Only, the only Coen Brothers movie I've seen is Burn After Reading. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, and, 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 and I've seen parts <laughs> of. I've seen parts of Oh Brother Where Doesn't Art Doesn't count. Thou. That's like saying you've seen parts of Black Swan. Significant, significant <laughs> portions. No, I've seen more. Well, a a part of Black Swan. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've seen significant portions of Oh Brother Where Art Thou, and I've also seen uh, No Country for Old Men. I was I was glad to see Daisy Ridley in something outside of Star I Wars. I didn't think she's she awesome. was that great half the time. I mean, she was I'd, fine. She was fine. She was nothing special. I think she has potential to do non-Star Wars. Things, oh yeah, for sure. Which is, which is good to know. Um, um, she's 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 doomed to be Ray for the rest of her life. I don't I think so. Like Harry that. Potter's moved on. Yeah, but he is a really yeah. He was like a talking corpse that one time. <laughs> He's a. I don't know. I mean, it's only been one movie I've seen with her, but I, I, I don't was going to say, I, yeah, you can't judge her whole career based on one movie. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I thought Leslie what, Odom Jr. Did. was awesome. I'm that's what people did with um, what's his face, Hayden Christensen. He didn't really get much of a chance. Yeah, after. but no, he's been in other things, and <laughs> yeah, he's he, not that but great he was of an terrible. actor. <laughs> he was great in that don't, shattered glass movie. Uh, doesn't what, doesn't one of us like Jumper? Nope. No. Okay. I've never seen it. I'd probably okay, like it good, if I saw sure. it, though. It's, um, uh, it's not good. <laughs> Do you know what? He's not wrong. I, don't know, I still um, just, she... when it comes to this movie, I still just want to know what all was planned ahead of time. Like, that scene where she's running yeah. away in a dragon robe? She's like, just like, what was that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they were, it was a red herring, so they kind of, because they kind of expected, per, uh, what's his name? Uh, Erkia Perot to, like, come out of his cabin and so they had to time it just right so she could run actually, away. Actually, yeah, now that you mention that, though, when did the murder actually take place? Because there was that one scene in the beginning where he came out of his room like five times, but it that wasn't was at it that happened. time? Yeah, that's when it did happen. Okay, and then I, I just don't believe that, though, because it's like, they were like, seriously, they came out of that room like a 
a clown car. There were like 80 people in this little room. <laughs> well, it's like, again, why did they all need to stab? But no, it wasn't, it, it wasn't at that time. It wasn't at that time because when the car would rock, they went to Penelope Cruz in one shot and she was laying down in bed. They went to someone else. And so it couldn't have been at that time unless the movie lied. No, but to they us. were all lying. Yeah, the whole movie was a lie until the but very no, end. But no, it wasn't her telling a story. It was when that scene was actually when that scene was actually happening, the camera shot went to Penelope Cruz cuz she like got woken up by the jostle of the like snow hitting the train car. But that was after the murder. Everybody was back in their cabins. But you just said it was No, that's that doesn't make any sense. The murder happens, and then they get hit by the avalanche. So everybody was back in their cabins by then. But, but, Daisy Ridley wasn't yet? By the time he sees... So Daisy Ridley was just hoping that he would open his room for, like, the fifth time to see her run down the hall? They're just covering all their... She just kept running back and forth. God, it's Um, so stupid. When the conductor came out, he was the last one to come out. Um... So when he sees the conductor and he like tips his hat, mm-hmm. the murder's been happened. They just they're done. And then I don't know because um, when they showed them all pulling out, it's like I don't know. It just doesn't make sense when I think about it. So I think one of the problems is, and I imagine with the book, the book probably because it's allowed to go into exposition and can go into the backstories of all these characters. The thing that's the most improbable and most frustrating and underwhelming and probably. Um, yeah, that's that's all I can say about the ending is the fact that once you realize that everyone has been connected to this case, of course they all did it. Like, there's no there's no surprise there, no twist there. Like, once you reveal that kind of thing, yeah, and that's so, what I said. Like, there's just there's just no other way or no other explanation for this to go, and so after that so i was like well yeah i guess that's well, it I, yeah i, I think it was, it was like when they just... were talking to dame judy dench i was like yep everyone did it i just thought it was maybe gonna be like yeah it's ridiculous they all came to... yeah i don't know i wasn't <laughs> like, thinking I think about that in the moment it was kind of stupid though they were going down the, to the table and there were some people who are kind of like you could have probably just not had that character like willem dafoe's exactly. character and, didn't yeah. need to be there the no. brother didn't need to be there well i mean it just felt like there were too many people <laughs> No, for sure. And I think that was probably why that was probably a fault in the adaptation in the sense of like, well, in order to keep this true, we have to keep all of them, but you can't get into as much backstory about all of them. So that twist at the end is um, frustrating and upsetting because, well, there wasn't that initial twist of like, you found out everything about this character and how they're actually connected because you found it all out in one second of exposition. Well, I would have done that anyway, I feel like. Unless it was like a 17 hour movie, or again, unless you. What's a detective movie, though? They wouldn't have had him go through everyone's connection because he needs to. It needs to be like an aha moment at the end when he reveals who it is. The problem was it didn't work out. Michael Pena was almost the the Hispanic guy. That would have been fun. Michael Pena? Oh, who was I? I was thinking of someone else. Yeah. Were you thinking of Michael Sarah? N- no, but that would also be hilarious. <laughs> Playing the Hispanic um, guy. <laughs> I also think um, the parts of, and this is one thing I did want to talk about, sorry. The parts where he just kept like looking at the picture of like the woman that he loved. Catherine? At first I thought it was, yeah, Catherine. Um, at first I thought it was kind of heartwarming, and then I was like, 
Jesus, man, just like fucking get over it. Like it, like it clearly became just a way. Okay, to remember show... how earlier in this podcast you were talking about the power of love? <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, yeah. This but when she's dead, she's dead, dude. Move on. <laughs> that scene wasn't so much about the power of love. Like it was supposed to be, I guess, or it was supposed to be about his loyalty or his sense of affection or faithfulness towards her or whatever. I don't know. But it just ended up being she was essentially just a tool to convey the level of frustration that he had been feeling for a case that he's never really felt before. Yeah, they definitely could have That's shown that just with be. him talking to the other guy who was his assistant. They didn't, yeah. they didn't or, need the photograph. Or just longingly looking at... Or just once. Like, just once and it would have been great. But they showed it, like, three times. And that was... Like, I remember we were talking about when we watched Flatliners just sort of how there was all this exposition and all this like them talking to each other that seemed just kind of redundant and i didn't mind that as much well Um, yeah as we've discovered you hate when there's not enough exposition about things (laughs) but this this was one where i was just like this is dumb like it just it keeps hitting at this point like bluntly with a blunt object over the over your head and it's just like come on so yeah, I found that extremely frustrating because it it takes that character Catherine from being something of unique interest um, to the audience member to something of just a tool and just kind of just it loses it loses. Well, she the was never a character, character though; she was just a photograph. I mean, uh, but I think she could have been a character in the sense of like if they had. If she had just been that person, if they just had, like, maybe one, like, that story about how he had loved someone, and then maybe one scene of him, one or two scenes of him looking at the, like, I did, I did kind of like the scene of when her photograph does fall during the avalanche and cracks, and you see him being kind of emotional over that, like, that was fine, but every scene that, where he was just continually frustrated with the case, and he used various French words for my love, to to his dead spouse or whatever i just i i i I was tired i was sick but and this is coming from a romantic anybody else have anything they'd like to talk about um so that's gonna wrap it up this week um i guess maybe see the movie if you're interested i think if you're interested in the movie you might enjoy it for an old-fashioned big hollywood detective yeah there were just a bunch of old couples in my my showing yeah it's doing okay i i when i tried to see it sunday night it was sold out at the theater and i had to go to a different theater um i will say yeah this was the first time i've been in a sunday night viewing uh that was now granted it was warenberg and it was it was pretty small do you think this movie will actually get a sequel and we get to see him on the nile um, it's already, it's almost made a hundred million dollars already worldwide. So, um, yeah, I think it might make it enough. I would happily watch Kenneth Branagh do another one of these. Movies, yeah. I wonder so. what that mustache is going to do in all that humidity. It's, it's got too much wax in it. It's going to stay perfectly still. Um, that mustache guard was amazing. I, I did. Love yeah, that. that was a good, I wish there. Yeah. That oh, was a the good little, joke. Yeah. That was funny. I don't um, know how he would have been okay with that mustache, though, because the grays were varying differently, so it wasn't even on both sides. It's like, he should have just not had a mustache if the way he is. Because um, I know it bothered me. 
he just he what yeah and how come he decided at two like shouldn't it have been like an inception mustache just like a mustache within a mustache within a mustache <laughs> just kept going until there was yeah no like when you left. flay a book at, out you lay it cover to cover and it's just like all the pages go I, out like a fan <laughs> at one point i i thought i saw three and i was like oh man this is impressive oh it could be three <laughs> um uh next week we're heading back to comic book land for um justice justice league, league. ben's excited um, darn tootin'. i i don't know what i am um i want some more batfleck i'm intrigued to see I, I need it. how this movie's been filmed over years and um has had two directors on it and basically endlessly reshot comes together i'm um, excited to see full potential wonder woman but other than that I'm yeah holding that could my... be fun that could be fun um, so next week go see justice league if you're into that sort of thing and uh come back to hear what we have to say about that one uh i'm zach oldenburg you can find me on twitter and letterboxd wherever under those instagram uh, ins- no you can find me there too <laughs> all under those hand that handle at zach oldenburg uh, and you can find our writings at middleofrow.com. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can follow me on Twitter at, at the Grigsby Bear, or you can follow all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at another Rahul J. You can also follow us on Twitter for updates on when we post reviews and when we post podcast episodes. And you can also subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And I am Lauren. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Where she posts everything on her own. She doesn't let the robots do it. Um, so, Justice Don't League. Don't let them win. Go see it. And come back and listen to us talk about it. Uh, and remember, the best seats are in the middle of the row. <laughs>